there was this anger that came out and it was palpable. I mean, it really was palpable. Mm. Um, and frankly, it was very scary being in that room at that time as a man. Hello and welcome to Shared.Care's What is Manly radio show and podcast. Men feel more lonely, lost and not useful in society than ever in history. Males are not attaching to school, work or women. What it means to be a man appears lost. Is there a framework for being manly that we can unearth? Welcome to Share.Care, an all-inclusive community sharing experience, strength, and hope to create strong, healthy, and inspiring relationships. Share.Care communities work toward every individual feeling safe, valued, and heard, free from the threat of danger, pain, or harm. Each episode, founder Damian Andrews explores the principles underpinning Share.Care, and invites expert special guests to share their knowledge so you can easily reap the benefits so many others experience. You hold the choice to create your future. Let it be with strong, healthy, and inspiring relationships. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hi, Damien. I'm, uh, I'm well. I'm well, thanks. It's... Uh... The morning here and it's the evening for you so uh i i should be a bit more sprightly perhaps than than, than how you're feeling i don't know <laughs> you need to be caffeinated i think I, i've had some coffees throughout the day which i think are just kicking in for me but <laughs> it's, it's but it is wonderful i think in today's world covid you know as much as it was detrimental also had some wonderful things in the sense of you and i can connect around the world which we probably wouldn't have if, if it wasn't for that very true it's very yeah. true um, for the audience, who I have here, I have Tom Dennis. Now, oh, Tom Dennis. Now, he's a well known for his expertise in creating transformational change, and is a sought after advisor on the spectrum of leadership, diversity, inclusion, and justice issues. Now, Tom is the CEO of Serenity and Leadership Limited, the premier culture remodeling change and leadership specialists. He is an international speaker voiceover actor, and Amazon number one author. He also holds an MSc in Change Agent Skills and Strategies, is a certified facilitator and accredited by the CQ Center, and he's a certified NLP Master Practitioner. Now, I'm feeling very intimidated here now that I'm talking with you, so it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And we're talking about... Sorry, go ahead. I just said... Uh, yeah, intimidation is not something I, I aim for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it just naturally happens. We have that just by our natural presence. I have a negotiation program I talk about, and, and one of the sources of power is is actually your personal, your your positional power, where just just by your natural skills and things that you have in your position, um, that you have a lot of power. But here in what we're talking about, which relates to power in a way, is is what is manly and in society, there's a lot out there at the moment about men being lost, lonely, and not feeling useful in society. 
And from that perspective, what have you seen where you are? Let's start more broadly in some broad brushstrokes and narrow it down to some key issues. But what have you, what have you seen? I, I think that um, it, it, th there are many ways to look at this, but yes, I think men, men, a lot of men are mm. a little confused. Mm. It's it's about it, you know if you if you go back a while, it was pretty clear mm -hmm. the. The woman stayed at home. She looked after the children. She she made the home, yeah, um, or the nest, if you like, yeah. And uh, the man uh, flew off. He did his work, um, and he came home with, in in in, in sort of crude terms, the food, mm. uh, and and so it was a it was a it was a simple equation. Mm. Um, and now f for lots of reasons, um, this has changed. W one, I think is because, um, because a lot of men took advantage of that system and mm. uh, women were the ones who lost out. Yeah. And so, uh, there, there, there was a, a sort of a reaction and uh, for a lot of women, they feel that in order to be, to experience equity, they've got to be able to do everything that a man has traditionally done. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the many, many cases, they've done better. Mm, definitely. <laughs> um, which means that um, men look on at this, um, and and I think that uh, it, it because this this isn't just um, a woman's experience now. I think it's archetypal. It's been going on for such a long time that when uh, and I've experienced this, where, where women have been in a, a, a safe space where they felt that they could express themselves. One of the primary emotions that come out is anger and. Mm. I remember being in a, a room, it was about 150 women and uh, about four men, and it was a, a senior, well, a, a, a CEO of a, a multinational who was a woman, who was talking about being a woman in a man's world. Mm -hmm. And she talked about abuse. Mm -hmm. And it created a permission in the room for women to feel what, for a great deal, I think they had suppressed, mm. and so this there was this anger that came out, and it was palpable. I mean, it really was palpable, mm. um, and frankly, it was very scary being in that room at that time as a man. Yeah, and so uh, there, there there has been this backlash. I've only talked about a couple of dimensions of it. There's a, there's many dimensions of it. Mm. But but um, because women uh, have succeeded in doing things at least as well, and in many instances better than men, mm. men have st st stood back and said, "Well, what's my role? I don't understand mm. anymore." 
it used to be simple. Now it's not. Yeah. And um, I, I, that, you know, women take that two ways. I think some just say, "Well, look, man up." Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> stop whining. Just get on with it. Mm-hmm. And there's other women saying, "Well, actually, I, I want you to be yourself mm-hmm. and feel confident in yourself, and we can." walk together alongside each other mm-hmm. and there doesn't have to be a hierarchy now classically i think that actually there wasn't a hierarchy there was just a celebration of difference mm. but we have inserted a lot of hierarchy you know that there was just this case that i mean i, I wrote an article in a, a, a magazine that came out today um about uh I think it's Goldman Sachs have been um, forced to pay. Um, I think it's one point seven million pounds, um, and it's been a ten-year case mm. uh, of, of of women trying to sort of say, "Look, we're doing the same job as a, if we're doing the same job as a man. We want to be paid the same." Mm. And uh, you know, the, the the system has really resisted that. Mm. So, absolutely justifiably, women have said that's not okay. It's not fair, mm. um, and and so they're, they're, we're we're in this sort of situation now where there's this push pull. Men are very confused. A lot of them, um, men are actually a lot of them are quite frightened mm. of you know. There's all these stories of men refusing to get into an elevator or I don't know in Australia do you call it an elevator or a lift <laughs> both it's fine <laughs> we've got Which we've got multiple I? languages here we, we're a big melting pot of cultures <laughs> you know it, if there's a, a woman by herself in 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 the lift then the man won't get in um, really because he's wow he, he, I mean you know there's been some a lot of instances of this because he's terrified of of being accused of something Mm. Being inappropriate in some way, and that part of that is apocryphal. But but there are lots of instances now going on where women have said, "You were inappropriate. You you touched me in a particular way." Mm. Um, uh, and the man is saying, well, "Well, I've always done that. I'm sorry if that's offensive now, but it never was. I don't yeah. understand the rules are mm. anyway." Look, I've banged on for a long time. <laughs> now there, there's a lot there. I mean, there's a couple of things there that I'd like to unpack. I mean, firstly, the the part about you know getting into elevators because I've I've wondered about and I've talked about this a lot on that sh- on well, about about that on this show. Um, you know, this I've heard and it's been said that a woman somewhere got upset at a man for holding the door open, and I'm yet to find where that happened. <laughs> and I'm wondering if it's an urban myth. Oh, I- I, I, it's happened to me. And, it? Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was very aggressive. She, Why are you holding the door? Do you think I'm incapable of doing it myself? Mm. It's like, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. No, because I said I've never. I mean, from my perspective, um, I do that all the time. But it's not gender biased. I do that for men and women. Um, you know, I let let other people go first, and sometimes other you know other people mostly that well. I think of a woman that's done it, but uh, maybe that has, and I just don't remember. 
Um, but mostly it's an, a man will go, no, you go first. And we're not going to sit there going, debating who's going to go first. It's like, well, I offered, you said, go, I'm going. Um, but it's interesting you mentioned that. And because, and that fear, I think, is, I mean, I've talked to some of the officers of the court here in, um, in Australia that work in the family violence area. And the court very much has the attitude that if a woman makes a complaint, there's possibly, because the man is stronger and more intimidating, um, there's, there's a risk here. And you know, it's a resource thing. They don't have the, de- the resource to go into every little nitty-gritty detail and work it out. Um, so they just take a blanket view. There's a risk here. Let's deal with that. But the guy ultimately gets labelled with that. Even though the the approach is um, they have what's called consent without omission, so you can say, okay, she's made the complaint. I'm going to agree to the order. So you're not you're consenting without omission. So legally, you haven't you know admitted to anything, and the, and there's no admission there. Um, and you, you deal with justice. I'm sure you understand where that where we're talking about. Um, but the thing is, they still have to go through that process. And even here now, it's mandated that you attend a the male attends a, a behaviour change program. Um, they just can't implement. It's only new. They just don't have the resource to implement it. So a lot of the the men actually don't go because they don't have that. So I can understand that fear that you know because it all it takes is someone to say something and craft it the right way. Um, the, and that the but how does a, a man deal with that? You know, from that perspective, how do we go? Okay, there there is that risk there. What do I need to do now? How do I? F- coming back to that and being lost and, and scared, what do they what do they need to do? That's a sixty thousand dollar question, that one. <laughs> well that's what we're here for. <laughs> well I, I think um they have to understand that this is a um the, we are now in a place where um the earth is not solid mm-hmm. it's it's movable yeah um and so i think you have to be sensitive mm. i think that uh if you choose to uh open a door for someone mm-hmm. and the woman it's a woman and they take offense, then I think you've got to accept that that's her problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, there is nothing wrong with holding a door open. Yeah. Um, I, I think we as men have to carry a much greater sensitivity to how women are now thinking. Mm. What was okay, there are many things which are now not okay. Mm. And therefore, just assuming that you've always done something in a particular way, uh, you've, you've related to people, you, you know. I, I, I mean, um, I, I, uh, I, I was um, on the underground in London and... Um, I'd been with a couple of people all evening mm-hmm. um, talking about this kind of thing, actually. Mm. And um, 
we, we were on the underground and the, the, the people were peeling off and I was left with just one person. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got up and I, I touched on, on the arm and said, it's been great to, to, to meet you, see you again. Mm-hmm. And the next day, <clears throat> I had an email from um, this woman. With the, the subject was incident on the underground, and it was her um, accusing me of of um, I, I don't know the, the exact word. It wasn't molesting, but it was um, it was more than touching inappropriately. Mm. Uh, and she also wrote to my friend who had introduced us mm-hmm. and said, "This happened, and you may decide that you don't want to associate with him anymore." It was it was very aggressive, mm. uh, and uh, so what what did, what do I take away from that? Um, I I'm I'm very tactile. <laughs> I do. <laughs> You know, it, you know, I, I shake hands or I mm. touch somebody on the shoulder or, or mm. whatever. In in relating, I do. Um, but, uh, and I'm I'm a creature of some habit. Mm. But what I have taken away from that is um, a, a kind of sensitivity that um, just doing as I've always done is going to get me in trouble sometimes. Yes, and that's that's without any sort of negative intent. It's mm. just um, h- how I am and how that is interpreted by someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that w- one of the lessons is that we we really have got to get beyond thinking that if it's okay for me, it's okay for everybody else. Mm. Is that you know, part of? Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, that you know people talk about the golden rule: you know, treat everybody as you would wish to be treated, and mm. it, it, it's it is just not right. Mm. <laughs> it's it's completely wrong. You have to get into a mindset where you treat other people how they would wish to be treated. Yes, and it's a completely different uh, mindset. And how, that, do you, how do you know that? How do you know how they wish? Well, to you, I, I, you can't make assumptions is the first thing and you're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. and when you make mistakes i think you've just got to apologize and say you, you know i'm awfully sorry um that uh, was done with no ill intent mm-hmm. um and i understand that that is a a, a boundary for you mm-hmm. uh, and i will undertake not to cross that boundary again mm-hmm. Is there a case where you know the, the in you talking about being more sensitive and being aware of things is is being aware that there is a risk there um and you know stepping away when you identify that risk and i'm I'm probably more relating that to a dating sense where um because certainly in that and I'm, I'm probably colored a little bit by working with a lot of people in the family violence space, both men and women and you know, when you look at some of the, I've looked at some of the, the statements made to police and even I've talked to a lot of police in that space and they're going, there's just a lot of stuff there that's not true, basically. Um, and yeah. I know from talking with lawyers as well, um, 
a lot of things are now crafted. The the police are trained to look for certain words, certain things, and I've got friends in the police force, and you know they know that a lot of these statements are now crafted by lawyers to to include those key statements. And when you get into the detail, you go, well, this this that logically doesn't make sense, but because it's got those statements, so and I'm you know highlighting that is that's a, a pretty big risk. So is it something we need to be teaching men to be going, okay, you need to be sensitive to that, that if you identify that there's a potential risk there, it's probably better just to, it's like if you're walking into a, past a crocodile pit, you know, you try and keep your distance, otherwise you, you, you're going to get snapped. Is that something we need to be teaching men as well? Well, I tell you what, I think one thing and i have to acknowledge it i think it's it's interesting that a lot of these conversations are much more advanced in australia than most other countries mm. uh, it's uh i don't know why but it, it, you know you 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 guys are more advanced in 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 the in the conversation which is great i think i mean i've so, heard a couple of com- comedians talk about australians and they say it's just because we don't give a shit <laughs> and we just have the conversation anyway um well mm, yeah i don't think it's that i, I huh. it, it's like the um the work that's been done on on uh, bringing up uh, boys mm. and that you know, you've got steve bidalf and um other other authors who've who've written some excellent work actually i've got one of the books on my desk now i don't remember mm. yeah Making okay. of men, yeah. Um, it's it's. Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, it's just an aside. Australia seems to be. If you want the experts on bullying, go to Canada. If you want the experts <laughs> on bringing up men, go to Australia. It's okay. what it is. Well, that's anyway, good to know. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, um. Yes, boundaries. Boundaries. I think that something that we need to teach in school is boundaries. Mm. What is a boundary? Um, how do you set a boundary? Um, and how do you honor a boundary? Mm. And, uh, you, you know, when you talk about the dating piece and, and um, men, women are, are from a, an uh, intimacy point of view, mm. um, you know, people talk about the hell yes. Um, yes. you know, if you're getting a hell yes, then you go for it. And if there's anything else, you don't. Okay, so, I haven't um, heard that before. So, like you're saying, if if someone's if they they're dating a meeting and and then she's like, go go go, then that's a hell yes. Is that what well, you mean? Well, I think. <laughs> um, again, this is this is sort of complex, but. Mm. Um, I think that when you're in the heat of a moment, it's very easy to make assumptions. Yes. And actually, an awful lot of uh, men particularly will say, well, I don't want to ask permission to kiss or something because it's like it it just takes us completely out of the moment. And yeah. yet, what I've heard from an awful lot of women, they would say, I really appreciate that. Asking any kiss? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, you know, in, in, in the more intimate moments, asking for permission to go to the next stage, if you like, is uh, is also, um, by many, many women certainly, um, 
really appreciated. And what you're doing is at each stage of development of a moment, mm. you are checking that it's still okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, and it gives the 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 normally the woman, but it might be the other way around, the opportunity to to just reflect and say, actually, I've gone as far as I'm comfortable going right now. Mm. So that we aren't we don't have these these assumptions. You know, assumptions are so dangerous. Yeah, that's interesting. So, internet, yeah. There's a there's a there's an American woman. Uh, I think she's American. Might be Canadian. I think she's American. Um, Betty Betty Miller. I think is her mm. name. Um, she's done a huge amount of work on on boundary setting and has come up with this um, what she calls the the wheel of consent and the different okay. aspects of uh, consent. Are you giving? Are you receiving? Are you taking? Um, all of these are, are different, if you like, paradigms mm. uh, of, of a relate, relationship dynamic. Mm. Came, came out of body work, you know, when when someone's sort of uh, doing body work with someone else. Mm. You know, it's very interesting. Um, you know, if you're massaging someone, mm-hmm. are you giving to them? Mm. Um, or is it actually kind of a turn on and are you taking? Mm. That's interesting, yeah. Um, and 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 um, so, so, yeah. It, I mean, we don't have to sort of go into depth, but it, 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 there are dynamics of consent and giving and receiving, and so on, which um, it's it's really helpful to 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 understand. And at any moment, a um, uh, a receiving could be shifted round mm. so that um, it's it's you're, you're being taken from. See what I mean? So it, it's um, it's complex. Yeah, and, it sounds uh, extremely. I mean, ha- and that's how's a, a certainly a young guy to to know. Because when I, I'm thinking back to as you're talking, thinking back to my dating, which was you know that was a long time ago when I was that age, um, you know, th- more than thirty years ago, and it's like, wow, there's so much stuff to think about. How how could you any wonder that men don't want to go out there and have sex? And a, and a lot don't. Yeah, and well, that, that's because what I think. they don't understand. And 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 yes, you you you'll get some women. I hope I'm not mansplaining here, but you know, from from what I'm understanding is that I'm, I'm a man and I don't understand. Say, hey, so feel free to tell Well, it's like give me my man back. You know, there's also that message where yeah. where um, we become so proper and so regulated that. Uh, a, a lot of the rawness out of relating has mm. has gone out of it. Because um, talking, I mean, I'm trying to think of. I can't remember but, a time where I, I. I remember one time where no, that wasn't kiss. That was something else. Um, I'm trying to think of a time where I've actually asked a girl, "Could I kiss her?" And I can't think of a time in my life where I've actually asked that question. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels, well, depends on who you are, but for a lot of men, it feels very odd. The same that. token, too. I've been kissed by some, I mean, it was, it was at a nightclub with a, a bunch of work colleagues and, and the office next door as well, and talking, you know, with this, this girl, and she just, who was from the office across the road, and she just reached across and smacked me one on the lips. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, she didn't and, ask me, and, and, and I didn't mind. And, and what, exactly, you didn't mind. Mm. And then for a lot, for a lot of men, they say, oh, "God, I wish that happened to me." <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but you know, in this whole conversation about what's equal, mm. um, you know, th there are some men now who would say, "Well, I was violated. My boundaries were were broken there." Mm. So. We are in a we're in a we're in a mess. But is we're that in a mess case, because... I mean, I was going to say because when I'm thinking about those moments, I mean, and maybe maybe I was just lucky. Um, but it was kind of like, well, there's a you know there's a certain thing, and it, it sort of naturally was progressing, and there was kind of a feedback, even though it wasn't spoken, there was a, a feedback in it, and it kind of just evolved together. I mean, is that is it is that part of that sensitivity sensitivity being aware of okay, that are you giving or receiving or is this a mutual thing? Well, um, I, I, I think that uh, there's so much love making. I think that that takes place and and it has a, a beautiful natural. A progression and mm -hmm. that there isn't any checking out uh, so on and it all ends up um, beautifully mm. and the next night one of the pair might actually feel slightly differently and because it went beautifully one night is not necessarily guarantee that it will the next mm -hmm. yeah. and um I, I well one of the difficulties in all this is that i think an awful lot of women accept the advances of a man where actually if they really felt free and able would say this is not working for me i am now i am um mm. i'm now giving to you without actually my full consent um and it's kind of like uh, remorse. well no, but I mean, I don't know what the percentages are in your country, but in in many countries, the percentages of 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 rapes that take place in the home is very high. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know I, there mean, was, there, I would imagine there, there the was, data on that would be very. We, I know the the research that I've read in this space. That I mean, the data is actually very limited that they're relying on. So it's and it's very difficult, of course, because yeah. um, you know if there, there is a there is a natural sort of assumption in 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 many societies that if you're married, that the, the, the man has conjugal rights. Well, so was, there is no there such some laws around that. But, in, yeah, years ago, that don't exist anymore. Same. I mean, I think Australia had laws. well, 
he had to consummate the marriage, but that's not there anymore. I, well, I don't know if it was, but it's certainly not there now. Yeah. But, you know, in, in certain countries, it, mm. it, it still is. Yeah. So, um, I, 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 it's interesting where this conversation's gone. I, I, um, you know, I think when you... Um, uh, one of the one of the, the the things that's very good, I think, is the advances in the study of trauma and the mm -hmm. understandings of um, uh, the the effects of trauma and what actually is traumatizing. Um, and I've I've heard conversations over the years, and you see it in lots of films as well, which is awfully mm. damaging, I think, where you know the 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 man turns around to the woman and says, "Look, say so you were raped. Mm. It, it get over it." And really, um, wow. Oh yes, yes. And and it's like I don't, I, I, I don't think many men, unless they have been uh, violated sexually. I think there's there's um, an awful lot of men do not understand what um, the effect of uh, having your boundaries broken in such a way that you you feel that you have been violated. And yeah, that's I mean, not I... just about rape, uh, but you know wh whatever that that is, and. Um, the the effect of that often lasts a lifetime. Mm. Yeah, uh, trauma like that lasts and lasts and lasts and lasts. And that's that, that that's there's so much education that's needed around that, which is why there's been this 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 big push to. To get into sort of understanding what consent is and and what uh, if you're not in a hell yes then you're in a no. <laughs> yeah, well, situation. this is I, I'm um, you know cause because it's so, it's so this is I mean I, and so the the data I mean I've read the data it's not my experience because you know from sex should be a, a consensual joining of two people in in, in my mind anyway. And, you know, I've been in relationships and you're with a partner and, and she said no. And it's like, okay, that's it. <laughs> it's not happening. Um, and that's where it stops. Uh, and same token, I've been in that situation where I haven't been in the mood. And it's like, sorry, I'm just not in the mood. Um, and and that's just the way it works. In, in Well, how it, I think it should work. And, I'm, you know, I, this is what I'm trying to understand from, from young boys as well. You know, well, hopefully not too young. Um, do you think part of that is driven by the, the the porn culture as well, where you know there there is a when you if you look at how sex is portrayed in porn, it's not um, it's really not about you know two people making love is is really how it should be. Depends on the porn, but. Um... Uh, and depends on the def definition of porn as well, of course. Yes. <laughs> but, um, where where there is porn, 
with violence. Mm. Um, this, this may be an old parallel, but I think of Donald Trump um, and his what one of the great dangers of having someone like that is that they speak what many people in their deepest, darkest places inside themselves wish that they could say, that they've been brought up in an environment where they're not allowed to say it. And Donald Trump said all sorts of things, still does, that um, uh, gives people permission to think terrible things. Uh, and to, to, uh, and so um, with 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 um, the, the the violence that you see in some porn, mm. in some people that will excite something in them to mm. say, "I want that," mm. uh, and without having seen it, without having ha had that sort of level of permission created in them, they would not have gone there. So I think that porn is, well, it's addictive, um, which is not good, but it's also, um, I mean, it can, it can be helpful for, for some people, you know, who, who just want to explore something consensually, you know, mm. great. If, if, if both people want to do whatever it is, then fine. Mm. Um, the, you know, you talked right at the beginning about power. Mm. Um, this, this is one of the difficulties of um, difficulties, not a difficulty, but it's a, it's a situation where most men are more powerful physically than most women. Mm. Always, obviously. But, um, uh, and it, it, in the moment, it's easy to abuse that. Well, that's what they were talking uh, about in so the call. Having a, an awareness of you. I was saying, yeah, that's what they were talking about in the court, in the sense of if most men are more powerful, or they're stronger and more intimidating, and therefore they just blanketly put that as a risk and, and deal with it that way because, again, limited resources, while it may not be fair, it's just, you know, that's life. Life is, you know, not always fair, but we need to deal with things in, a, in an economical way that, that work. Well, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, It'd be know, ideal if we had the resources to do it. I completely big. agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, too many yeah. friends are in the lawyer no, space to say it's, it's you know, law, law is about winning and it's the winning of the lawyers. They make arguments work, and I've seen that too often to to result you know that result in huge legal fees, both in personal and commercial spaces. Um, unfortunately. Yes. Yes, and I um, in in one of my early podcasts I talk about bullying mm. uh, and my own experiences around bullying and this this dif differential between what is justice and what is right mm. and um, justice is created by the state and is, and very often does not produce uh, an outcome which is right mm. and that's oh. what you're describing. Well. Oh, very much so. It happens all the time where it's you look at it and go, well, actually, logically, this this doesn't make sense from a common sense perspective. But the outcome, if you look at it from a legal perspective, is it in line with the law? Well, yes, it is. Um, and they're two very different things. Yeah. 
compassion to people who are making the law. Mm. I can't I can't answer for the Australian government and um, the British one is doing terrible terrible things right now. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where, and from that perspective, I mean, how do we? I mean, it's and I remember um as a kid when I was playing football, our football, not not your football, <laughs> we call that soccer, but. When I was playing um, Aussie Rules, I'll call it Aussie Rules. How's that? Um, and the coach, I remember very distinctly yeah, yeah. said, you know, whether you agree or not, play by the umpire. Because if you try and argue against the umpire, it's just going to frustrate you and, and it's not going to work very well. Um, is that a case where we're at now as well, whether, you know, we can debate whether the, the law is, is right or wrong? And, and I'm sure, you know, I think uh, I'm a big facetiously but partly truly i i think you know the quote about 99 percent of all lawyers make the rest look bad is about true um but from that side of things is it a case of you know making men more aware going hey this is the situation you're in this is maybe it's not fair and we can debate that forever but right and it could take forever to change but right now you need to be aware of the system and play by that rule Yeah, it depends what you mean by the system. But I, I think that in terms of just relating mm. with someone, let's say the opposite sex, um, I, I, I just think the assumptions that uh, one might bring to that, particularly if you've been around for a little while, mm. in terms of age, the assumptions that you bring are likely wrong. Mm. Uh, and that you need to develop a, a level of sensitivity and and, and to, to, to be able to, but to give yourself the permission to make mistakes but that's mm. why this whole thing about asking permission asking if it's okay to go to the next step mm. is you could just see that as a, um, a level of respect mm. so I respect you I would like to do something are you with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what people, when they hear this, um, will, will be thinking. Because I, I, I think that there's a society, my experience of Australian society is quite different to that in the US and the UK. Um, uh, and and so I, I don't know how people receive that over mm. uh, you know over here over there where where you well, are. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> maybe is our audience is global. Um, so, <laughs> well, uh, well, fair enough, and and therefore there will be people. You know, I, I remember um, dealing with an organization in the in in the states, actually down in in uh, Texas, mm. uh, and they had. Um, a colleague that was based, I think, in, in Buenos Aires or something like that. Mm. Uh, and he had a reputation down there of, of going around and pinching um, young girls' bottoms. Um, mm -hmm. And every, everybody giggled about it. It was, mm. it was just him being flirty and frivolous and so on. But there was never any um, uh, negative reaction. Mm. Uh, 
And honestly, I don't know how all the women thought about that. Um, but I think there was a, a level of acceptance um, and brushing it off with a sense of humor. Whereas we said to that guy when he arrived up in Texas, you try that once and you find, you're going to find yourself in prison. <laughs> so, uh, you know, different societies have mm. different um, uh, attitudes um, for this. And at the same time, um, whose attitudes are we talking about? Because it may well have been down in South America where he, he came from, and actually mm -hmm. a lot of the women actually didn't like that, but there was no recourse because mm -hmm. it was just accepted. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think of some um, barristers, uh, you know, lawyers that I've spoken to in, in the UK where um, you know, there was a lot of misogyny in uh, the, the the legal world. Uh, mm. And you talk to some of the senior women uh, in that environment, and they, they say, oh, look, for God's sake, um, th th that, that guy, he behaves like a little boy. Just, just ignore him. Mm. Whereas a younger woman is going to say, I don't accept that. Mm. So you have a, a generational attitude difference as well, but on both sides, on the receivers it and just on makes the... makes it even more complicated, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, mm. it does. Yeah, we, we live in a very complex soup. Um, and... Uh, um, uh, I mean, there's a there's a, a professor of law um, who gave an extraordinary talk that I went to in in London a couple of years ago. Which you, actually, you can find it on on the, the internet. Mm. Um, and she talks about um, sexual abuse and and misogyny in at the bar in um, the legal bar. <laughs> mm. I'm talking about. Um, uh, and um, someone said to her, but, but you know, can I, surely I can say to a woman, oh, I think you look really attractive today, uh, or, you know, I, I love the smell of your perfume or something. And she said, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't say that anymore. Um, and You're not allowed like, to give compliments anymore. Well, it, 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 it's 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 it, you know not allowed. It's it, it is it's gonna it, it's it's quite likely to get you into hot hot water, mm. uh, depending on where you are. And yes, you know we started this conversation with you, you know you said you know a lot of women are saying I want I want my man back. Mm. Um, and you know, I, I want to be able to wear Coco Chanel, and and uh, for noticed. a man to notice. <laughs> well, she has to, her hair down, and, and he notices and goes, I, "I like your hair." But it's different when you so, if you're talking about your partner, um, you know, giving you lots of the compliments. Um, is it? I mean, is it depends on the the person or how you do it i mean i'm thinking the three men and a babies movie here where they you know they're talking and he's reading this 
ridiculous book to the baby and says it's not about you know what you're reading it's how you deliver it is that more the case i think well i i i i just think that if you're if you're if you're going to do these things right now i mean because we're 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 in, i think in a, in a kind of transitionary phase Mm. There's a lot of pushback amongst a lot of men um, who, you know, just hate this whole situation. They hate the the confusion. They hate the the fact that they're expected to not say things or to ask permission. You know, there's plenty of men who who hate that, and there's probably quite a few women. I don't know, um, but we are in a in a place where the, the, this this the whole melting pot's been really stirred up, mm. and it's and you know racism is in that pot as well mm-hmm. uh, you know what what can you say to somebody what is construed as racism and what isn't mm. um the, the, these are these are movable things and what is a, a, a rule or a law in one place is not mm. in, in, in another so i i just think you have to be much more conscious. You know, if you if you stop yeah. someone in the street, say, "Excuse me, um, I think you 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 look amazing, and I, I love your, the coat you've got on, or something," you may get a slap round the face, and you may get a, a delighted smile saying, "Thank you," and that, that's mm. that that's really nice feedback, um, and. Uh, you know, if you're going to do it, then you've got to accept that sometimes it's going to land wrong. Mm. I mean, you could you could stop and say, "Excuse me, I, I I'm, I'm really struck by you in some way. Do you mind if I tell you about it?" Mm. So the woman can say, "Well, actually, I'm not interested. Thanks very much," and walk off. Um, or the woman might say, um, "If it's nice, yeah, tell me." Yeah. Often, and I, and I raise that point about how the delivery goes because often comedy can be a place where, you know, taboo items are raised um, and, you know, because they can do it in that space. And in um, on Saturday Night Live, and this is an old skit, they did a skit called Sexual Harassment and You and it was a, a sexual harassment work video. And they were going about, you know, the workplace has changed. There's women in there. And, and the ultimate, and then they had these scenarios where a guy went and asked a girl out and, and she called HR and then another guy come in and, you know, it was like, it was all, and he, he grabbed her on the breast and, and, you know, and, they, and she gave him his number sort of thing. But, and so they really hammed it up. And it, the guy that was, it was, was not, you know, an attractive guy. The other one was really attractive. And the three rules they got at the end was be handsome, be attractive and don't be unattractive. And I just wonder how, and that's, you know, obviously, and I was just wondering how much of that does come into play where it's, um, you know, it is how you approach it. Well, it's, and, and dare I say, it, it is how you look to a degree. Uh, um, you know, again, I, I can't, I can't answer for women on this, but I think there's some pretty scary statistics about um, dating apps like, like Tinder and, uh, uh well like tinder um where um 
a very attractive woman will have a huge amount of attention. Mm. And a woman who isn't particularly attractive um, classically gets far less attention. Mm. And and vice versa, it works on, on the men, men's side as well. Yeah, there's a lot so of research that, on that, yeah. Right. So, which means that if you are an attractive whichever, you have um, choice and you have power. Mm. And if you're not attractive, um, then... You, you, one can see a, a kind of frustration, um, mm. particularly, uh, uh, well, I don't know, amongst men. I, I, maybe it's. The oh, there, there's a lot about that amongst, you know, certainly on the Tinder app where, you know, men are, and, and when you go there too, there, there are different motivations, but certainly, um, you know, a man who's not got a great job, good looking, all that kind of thing will often get swiped. I don't know which way, I don't use Tinder, but which way you swipe, um, you know. And we'll, we'll struggle and get that frustration. Yes. Swipe right. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never used it. My dad has used Tinder, but I haven't used Tinder. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, again, it leads to this sort of frustration amongst a lot of men, certainly. Mm. Uh, uh, and, you know, that, that you, it sort of relates into the whole incel world, involuntary celibate. Uh, and and the frustration and the anger and the the uh, despair that is, is experienced by these people is is it a case where we've become too reliant on that technology? I remember, and it probably couldn't exist now, given what you've talked about. But when I was, I think I was twenty-ish. I was in the army, so it was somewhere between eighteen and twenty-two. I can't remember where it was, but in Perth they had a nightclub, but it was a ballroom dance nightclub, and it was massively popular. And you'd have these rings of people doing progressive dances. So you do a little routine, then move to the next person. Do a little. It was like speed dating, but in, in a in an ex, doing exercise while speed dating. And then the music would finish, and you try and look where that person is that you're really connected with, and try and, and find them. Um, and I'm just wondering if we lost a bit of that where we're too reliant on this one dimensional wouldn't, wouldn't I wouldn't even say it's one dimensional if you're going to you know a photo and you're swiping left or right whichever way it is I mean that hardly gives you any indication about that person have we lost that that ability to just get out and connect with people and actually get an understanding of what they're like and the um the pandemic made that a lot worse mm yeah true because people weren't out, they weren't meeting, they weren't sensing the the uh, the energy of the person. Um, so yes, I, I think um, we are in a a world where, for all its advantages, the internet um, is is killing various parts of us. Mm. You know, it's it's fascinating when you start talking to the. The senior people in these organizations, um, Microsoft, Google, um, Facebook, and all that. Uh, and if they're honest, they all say, um, My children, they're not on it. They're not allowed to be. Mm. Because they know the, 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 the damaging effect that the, these things are, are having. So um, yeah, we're we're losing 
a, a lot of our humanity. It's extraordinary how Facebook talks about connecting the world, mm. but they actually disconnect the world more than they connect. Because I was wondering from that, because yeah, as you mentioned, you know. There's so much research showing now that people feel, even though we're more connected, technologically speaking, we feel more lost and lonely. But I wondered about that from the perspective, if you look at a lot of the things that are on the internet, it's a lot of people just putting their opinion out there or putting their whatever thought they've got out there. But there's not a lot of listening happening. There's not a lot of, you know, okay, let, let's have a discussion. And is it a case where we've lost that ability to listen? Because a lot of times when we, I mean, you just have to look at the polarization. I mean, the, you mentioned you know, Donald Trump. You look at the last presidential debate in America. That was just the, to me, a debate is two narcissists beating each other over the head with their opinion, which, and that was the epitome of, of what a debate is. But there's not, there seems to be less real conversation happening where someone's actually listening. Yes, that's right. Do we need um, to be taking uh, that? You, you know, when you when when you say what what's a man to do, um, and I said be sensitive. Mm. Another way to look at that is to listen. Yeah, it, it's it's not about making assumptions. It's about truly listening to the other person, mm. uh, and actually. I, I think a, a lot of people would say that that it, it's 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 kind of an ache inside them is to is to be heard, mm. uh, and so that's a gift that we can all give to someone else is to truly listen to them, um, and without actually trying to put anything right, because actually yeah. just listening is often all. That is needed, and any more than that, it's too much. Well, that's and it's something I learned way too late in life, but I'm glad I learned it anyway. Was someone said to me once, and they said, um, "People don't so much remember what you say; they remember how you made them feel." It's Maya Angelou, I think, who said that first. Was often. it? Oh, okay, well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, and I, I, for me, that was very profound and really changed the way I enter it because I was normally about giving people facts and figures and, and trying to convince them that way. But when I understood that, it became so much easier to get people onto your side by just, just helping them feel good. And all of a sudden, they would start listening to you as well. Yeah. Is that the education we need for young boys? Well, yeah, you know, how to relate. Mm. <laughs> how to relate how, how to um, it's it's when you start listening that you begin to perceive the person at a different level so then it, it's not just about um, uh, uh, what you what you see oh. um, through through your eyes yeah. Objectification is the word I was looking for. Mm. Um, instead of objectifying, then you actually go deeper and you begin to relate, dare I say it, with the, the person's soul. Mm. Yeah. 
because when you have that connection, whether you believe in in that or not, but when you have that deeper spiritual connection, put it in that terms, um, there's there's much more there, which then you know relates to everything else that you do together, from kissing to making love, all that kind of stuff. Walking on the beach, if you've got that connection at the soul or spiritual, whichever way you're, you're leaning, there's so much more intensity there. Uh, intensity and, and realness. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Is it a case too for you know talking with managed that sensitivity thing? Because I was just thinking through this as you were talking about it and this hell yes, which I haven't really got into that much, but I'm I'm glad that you shared that because I'm kind of exploring that. And I was relaying that to that experience I told you about at the nightclub and putting those pieces together. And I was just wondering from that sensitivity perspective, because I mean, I remember being a young guy and it was always like, oh, you know, you're so excited and you're not really thinking about it and you're trying to, you know, because you're so excited. Is it a case of um, where, you know, putting some because I, I sent my son to do martial arts very early, mainly for stillness, but he's learnt a, a, a self-control. And, and he's, t- he's 14 now and he's you know, had parent-teacher interview today and they talked about how much self-control and, and in his own space and, and being aware of what's going on is. And I, and I attribute a large part of that to um, to his martial arts training. Because they sense that it's very much about you know it, those those lines being you are you know you're in control of yourself and you should be, um, but I was thinking it from that perspective as well. You know, would it be helpful for guys in this space, given where we are now, is teaching that that self control, but also to because I was looking at that experience. Um, I had in that nightclub where that that girl kissed me. Um. But and we knew each other. We'd seen each other all the time because they're they're in the law firm. I was in an accounting firm on the same floor. So and I and this is linking back to purpose. I was always very busy going about my job, doing what I was doing. I wasn't really, and and it was they said to me because we went out that night as a two firms which we'd never done before. And so when we we're out, I wasn't in the workspace anymore. So I you know let my hair down a bit and I'm having a bit of fun. I'm out on the dance floor mucking around and and they're looking at and there was actually two girls one of them got upset because she didn't kiss me first as it turned out on that night but they they were like they were said we thought you were such um i can't remember what the word was but you were so serious was it was along those lines we thought you were so serious and now here you are this, this fun guy um and it, and i'm I'm just relaying that from the perspective we, we teach the guy teaching guys to hey, have that self-control and just and have that sensitivity put put it out there but step back a little bit and and allow them to chase you a little bit i mean if we're in equality why, why can't women chase the guys absolutely <clears throat> absolutely and uh depending on which society you are and i think a lot of women feel pretty free to do that and others mm. they don't at all um the mysterious so, silent types always attractive from what we understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes so um you know i think one of the things that one of the things that a lot of men have to deal with and is so hard is rejection mm. it's it's uh it's it's the man's job to make the first advances in that 
you know, one of the things that will hold them back more than anything else is that that fear of rejection. Yeah. Um, How do we overcome um, that? Uh, you smile and move on. <laughs> I just and and for the listeners that they, they're tired of this story, but when I was in the army, there was a guy. Um, and he, he was good looking, but he wasn't very bright, but he was always dating these really amazing women. They were gorgeous. They were doctors and lawyers. They were part of charities. They, they were just this whole package. And we're looking, me and my friends are looking at him going, how's he doing this? And we, you know, we obviously went to, he's well hung. That was our, our response. <laughs> but one day I asked him, I, I, and I did, I literally went up to him and said, Shane, you're not very bright. How are you dating all these amazing women? I, lit- I literally said that to him, but he he wasn't fussed by that. He put his arm around my shoulder and he said, and he turned into a, like an Obi-Wan and he said to me, Damien, what you don't see is I ask a lot. Most say no, you just see the ones that say yes. And that was a life lesson for me back in the day going, it doesn't matter what it is, you just keep asking if you get a no. But how, how, but how does someone who's not in that position, who who is affected by rejection, learn to have that self-esteem? To say it doesn't bother me that someone said no, it's not a reflection of who I am. What what he also left out in his story is that that confidence, that self confidence in him, mm. was also extremely attractive. Sorry, say that again. His self confidence, confidence in a man, is attractive to a lot of women. I think. Oh, oh, yes, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes, yeah. Sorry, cut so, out for a second. Um, so, uh, for the person who um, has a lot of trouble with being with rejection, um, what that's doing is chipping away at their self confidence. Mm. And that's not good. No. Because they've got to. They've got to work at their self confidence, and maybe they go off and do what your son's doing, do some martial arts training, or they find something, something that they're good at. Yeah, well, that's what's coming back to it is that that purpose they need to find that whatever it is, but they're confident at it and go about it that way. And if they're confident about it, the right person will be attracted to them. Um, I don't know if that's a rule, but it sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well that comes down to that confidence isn't it i mean because when i was coming back to that nightclub experience i mean i i was busy going i going about my day with in the office just doing my work not really thinking about it um and interacting with these people um you know from a work perspective because we dealt used that law firm all the time so i knew these people and but i was always interacting from a work perspective I wasn't thinking beyond that um, you know, I, I probably thought they were nice people, but I, you know, I didn't. I, I was focused on my work, and I'm just wondering from that perspective: is it a case where, as you say, that confidence side of things for for people that are are worried about it, just just find a something that you like doing and be good at that. That will give you confidence, and then from there, you're more likely to find that right person. As said, might maybe it's not a rule, but. 3.97 billion women on the planet, I'm sure, if you're going in a direction, there's someone who likes what you're doing. There's women that likes comic books, so there's got to be. You know? Yeah. I, I, yes, I think that, yeah, I, 
you know, I mentioned incels, and that that is the, the difficulty with them is that they're coming from a victim place uh, for me. Yeah, and that's uh, not confident. And that, well, that, no, there isn't any confidence in there. So, be confident in yourself, and you know, I mean, it's 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 like selling in a way, isn't it? If a woman turns you down, you say, "Great." It, it, one was, step closer. It yeah, yeah, I'm now one step closer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I deal with that a lot in business. I mean, I talk with the, the companies that I work with are wanting to increase sales. It's like it's a numbers game. You've got to get out there and ask people. Obviously, refine your process, and the better you get the process, the more you know you're going to get hit rate. But also, too, if what you've got is not of value to the person then to try and push a sale on them is not, you know, the right thing to do. And it's the same token. Is that a part of what um, guys need to do is actually work out who they are and who they connect with? I noticed when I, you know, when I went out, you know, after my first marriage ended and I was out dating again, I became very aware quickly of, of people that just I didn't connect with um, or they didn't connect with me. And it was like, well, there's no point trying to push this to see if something happens because, you know, when you first meet people, that's the best you're going to get, right? <laughs> After that, you know, they start farting in front of you and doing all these kind of things that you didn't expect, you know? So it's like if you're not connecting in the very first few dates, then it's probably better to move on to someone that you might connect with. Yeah, it's it's that recognising that this is not your fantasy, but this is a real person. Mm. Uh, and and. Uh, Getting over all the projections, you know, all the things that we put out onto people, which is yeah, is, is about self awareness mm. uh, and understanding um, what makes us tick. So much better if you got a sense of how you you think, how I think I tick. Yeah. Uh, then it's much easier then to sort of relate and sort of uh, um, I lost my train now, but you know it's um yeah ah relating it's well, it's all you know, part of this this difficult situation I mean coming back to what you were talking about before when we were talking about boundaries. I mean, how can you set boundaries if you don't know who you are? Yes. Yes. So do we... I, I, I think you've got to start with understanding yourself for, you know, I talk about it a lot in leadership. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we, we've got a, a retreat coming up in, in September, and I'm really talking to leaders about how, um, what, what really drives them. And mm. uh, an awful lot of people don't have that depth of self um, awareness to understand what drives them mm. and if you're, you you become what people would regard as successful and yet you don't have a sense of what um, really is driving you then you're never going to be satisfied so mm. however much money you've got however many women you've got or if it's a woman however many, many men they've got mm. um, uh, it, it, 
you'll still be left with that sense of emptiness. And that's the void. That's why we call it leading through the void. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's that. And for leaders of the future, they, have, they need to be self-aware. It's a fundamental. Mm. Cause I, 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 I love that you've gone there from that leadership perspective and talking about, you know, this fulfillment. Because um, I've done all that, you know. I, I flew to Nice, private helicopter, chauffeured me to to Monaco. It's fun, but to say that was fulfilling, no, it never. It was it, it was fun, and highly recommend doing it. And and a lot of things that I've done, it's like it's fun to be able to do it. But if I was doing it just for that, uh, I I probably wouldn't have been in. I wouldn't be in a very good shape. It, it it's not what that purpose is. And is that, I mean, from that perspective, again, coming back to, to men, certainly young boys, do we need to be spending more time helping them find out what, what is right for them, not not what is a, you know, some sort of, especially if you're looking at TV. I mean, you, I love making fun of, of Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, Stallone and that, you know, and as much as I loved those movies as a kid, I mean, you know, and I make the joke about, you know, condom full of walnuts, you know, muscle bound, you know, thing. It's very one dimensional. Do we need to have, and that's why I kind of like the the transition that came, and probably why it was so popular with the Die Hard movie with Bruce Willis, because that that script was rejected by many of the actors because they're going, this character's a wimp, but he was more he had more dimensions to him than characters beforehand, and and obviously it was extremely well received because he he showed vulnerability, showed oh holy crap I've got to work this out, not I'm just going to work in their guns blazing. It was like oh my god throw this thing down and it blows up and holy crap it's coming back at me (laughs) is that you know part of what we need to be teaching young men and maybe older men that there's much more depth to who you are and find what that is yes definitely um (laughs) uh, yes how do you we are Complex beings, and uh, uh, as you say, there's so much on the cinema. I, I, I notice it a lot. I mean, you know, sometimes I, I, when I'm cooking, I put the TV on, uh, and uh, all the films. Uh, there is a number of channels in this country where they have the old cowboy and Indian films. Yes, they are so awful. Um. I mean, dreadful, ego-driven, white is good, colored is bad. Um, the, 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 everything that actually we now realize stinks. And yet mm. they keep putting these films on and people, I guess, keep watching them. Mm. Um, I, I just think that's just sad, sad that mm. we, we, you know, we need to grow up, mm. actually. And um, that, for an awful lot of people, is uncomfortable. Um, having to really accept responsibility for ourselves and our situation and yeah. the choices that we've made. So so much easier to climb on a spaceship and go, go up to some far galaxy and, you know, sh- shoot up aliens than... Than actually look in the mirror and say, "You are 
um, the, my, the source of all that happens, good and bad. Well, that, I mean, I love that you've gone there because, I mean, I have um, that from Share.Care's perspective, we have 10 principles and, and the first one, not that they're really in any order, but there is one at the top um, that's personal responsibility. And from Sophocles, he quoted, it's a painful thing to look at your own trouble and know that you yourself and no one else has made it. Um, that personal responsibility, accepting, and we talk about this a lot. I mean, I've talked about it a lot where, you know, we, as simple as if you're walking down the street and trip over um, and get embarrassed by that, which I'd, I've done as a young kid and done as a young adult. And then for some reason, I'm not sure why, but I switched. And so whenever something like that happened, I just owned it. And I remember the first time I did that, I tripped over and I was in the crowd and I just went, yeah. And everyone started clapping and went, and it was, <laughs> and it was, it completely changed that dynamic where I didn't, I don't have to be embarrassed about messing up now. And is it something we need to be, again, teaching young boys and men that messing it up, failing is okay. That's part of life. You, you did that. I don't know who does these research, but somebody researched how many times a baby fell over while it was learning to walk, and it's something like 8,000 times. And so we've failed many times before we succeeded, and that's okay. Do we need to be teaching young boys that? And if so, how do we do that? Well, yeah, that's difficult. You're, you're talking about the, 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 um, the forming ego, which has a, a positive function as well as a negative function. Mm. Uh, the negative comes on, uh, I think, more as you get older. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of this is is educating the educators, is teaching teachers, mm. uh, and also uh, parents. Yeah, this is not. Just, I, I mean, th- this is not a one-dimensional thing because when a when a boy does something and they show a vulnerability and and maybe the teacher says well done he goes home tells his father who says you're a wimp mm. you know and all that all that good stuff poof, goes up in smoke mm. um and and so uh yes we need yes we do need to teach them but it it, 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 you can't just flick your fingers and just start inserting that into the curriculum. No. <clears throat> you know, you look what's happening in, in America today. There's there's all sorts of parents groups that are are insisting that books are taken off the shelf. They are burning books in America. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's that's uh, that's religion gone crazy. Mm. And. Um, so you know, it's part of the pushback that I mentioned earlier. It's happening in in all in all sorts of dimensions, mm. uh, and uh, so we're in for for, for some many struggles. Uh, but if you can have a community which is supportive, and uh, the parents can see the, the are shown the good that comes out of this, mm. um, then. Then fantastic, yeah. Who was it? Yes, it's Marianne Williamson, um, you know, who's running for president in the states. Mm. uh, Was being interviewed, and and they they said, I can't remember the question. Um, Actually, I don't think I heard the question, but essentially it was, um, but you, you aren't you sort of really weird? You don't fit in. 
and she said, "Well, actually, if you look at, at it, it's the it's the it's the Democratic and the Republican parties that don't fit in. They are both completely out of touch yeah. with the human beings that they are uh, claiming to have the responsibility to to regulate." Mm. She's spot on. Yeah, she's spot on. Yeah, Williamson for president. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, I mean, because that's come, I've heard that um, from a number of commentators talking about how the, the world has gone a bit nuts and there, there seems to be some common sense coming back now um, where there is a bit of pushback against the, this you know, extreme extremism. Um, but anyway, we've, we've talked for a while now and I know you've got to get ready because you're going to travel to America <laughs> and deal with that <laughs> so you can go and vote. <laughs> but, but, I can't vote in the states, but uh, <laughs> um, but from that perspective, if if you were to sum it up, you know, for for people out there, if we put a framework around, you know, what is manly, how to be a man, how would you sum that up? I would sum that up by saying respect mm. people. Don't assume that what you think is okay is okay for the other person. Mm. Listen. Mm. And be willing to be vulnerable. Mm. Um, I love that. Which, which means manage, manage your ego. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's you know respect, listen, be sensitive, be vulnerable. Love that. Then then I think actually you are becoming uh a real man. Mm. Wow. Because um, then your strength comes from a good place and it's directed in a good way. Yeah. What well, a quote Spider-Man with great responsibility. Uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. <laughs> so everyone likes Australians. We can make a joke out of anything. <laughs> Tom, it has been such a pleasure. There's been so much wisdom. I, I could chat to you forever. I'd love to have another chat again in the future. It's been so wonderful having you on the show, but I've, I've taken so much from this and shared so much in-depth knowledge and, and gone to places where you know people don't really want to talk about it and, and we've gone there. So I really appreciate that you did um, because it's really helpful to people to have these conversations. So thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it, Tom, and hopefully we can catch up again in the future. Thank you, Damien. Thank you. Well, if anyone wants to carry on the conversation i'm always happy happy to do that and i i make no claim to knowing all the answers that's for sure <laughs>